Hi, this is Jordan. You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I specialize in the gaming industry and today I am your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Johanna Schramm, Diana Donado, Deborah Lejanis and Lisa Lind to discuss diversity and inclusion in the gaming industry. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's go around the room uh, with some small introductions. Diana, do you want to kick us off? Okay, so my name is Diana Donato. I am the animation director for Starbreeze Studios. Perfect. Uh, Johanna? My name is uh, Johanna and I'm a community manager at Resolution Games. Lisa. Hi, I'm Lisa. I'm uh, currently CEO and inclusion lead at Goals, and I'm also the founder of esports community Female Legends. And uh, last but not least, Deborah. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Debbie or Deborah, and I'm the founder and CEO of Friendbase. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. Uh, so now that we've got uh, names and titles of everyone, let's move on to the topic in focus. Uh, so you've all got a question for us or statement on diversity and inclusion in the gaming industry. So as usual, we'll go around the room asking everyone to pose the question and the reason behind their question. Uh, each of you will have your, the opportunity to give your take on the situation. Uh, so let's start with uh, Lisa. Sure. So you want me to read my own question? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, so, I mean, my question is about uh, getting more people involved and more people included, uh, because I feel like when we are looking for uh, it can be talent within a company, but it can also be uh, in my nonprofit projects uh, that we want people to, to join us. Uh, they often feel so um, insecure and they don't dare to join us. So, I mean, how do we best involve minority groups that by default feel left out is my question. It, that's actually a really, it's, it's quite a difficult question because, I mean, a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome that they feel as if they don't belong. And to get over that, you usually need to have someone that you can relate to or if you feel comfortable with. And obviously that means that the organization will already have been able to include someone that would fit into that group. But where do you you start. I mean, if you're a gaming company which has uh, 20 white males employed, uh, it's going to be really hard being the first either female or non-binary or minority person into that company. And I think that the only way to start doing it is to um, show success stories, you know, to showcase it. And uh, I, I I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's it's a really difficult question because it's the insecurity at, on the individual level needs to be overcome, and how to create this environment where they feel welcome. It's obviously a managerial problem, um, a managerial question that they have to open the doors and ensure that they feel comfortable in the group. 
I think that I also think that is an issue of communication uh, because I mean, as much as you can have an inclusion and uh, inclusive and diverse workspace, it's still about how do you communicate that to to the outside. Do you, do you like have any um, any input on that or any advice? Um. I'm, I'm sorry for jumping in again. Um, um, feel free to interrupt me, uh, Diana and Johanna. <laughs> I know that uh, I, I've talked to um, uh, my brother where they were really frustrated that they couldn't get more female applicants. And they actually sat down and looked at how they worded their uh, ads and their external communication and changed lots of the words, they changed the imaging that they used and they show, it showed a significant increase in the amount of applicants after that. So I think that uh, by using the right uh, words and imaging when you do have external communication that helps a lot. One thing that I would like to add just uh, even if you don't have the person in the company uh, um, it's so important to still show good role models, even if it's from another company uh, or if we're, let's say we're a AAA studio, and we have a lot of people from minorities or women. If we share their success stories, uh, a small company might be able to, you know, pick that up or people who want to apply will be able to get inspired by that. So it's such a much more of like a bigger, bigger movement. I believe at least um, and hopefully we can continue to do that because I feel like that's happened a lot over the past few years at least I know I felt more inspired at least to yeah you know just go for it and build your career and keep doing what you're doing I don't want to be the troublemaker but um, what happens and I'm on the production side of things and it's, it's pretty masculine, really, really masculine. Um, and I deal with higher management most of the time. And yeah, of course, when we come in, they're the very welcoming. And as you go along, you see that they change as we go along. Or well, they become their own selves, I would say. Uh, and it's something that they are probably not really aware of. Uh, and even they, they do whatever we talk about. There's nobody, and they get pretty frustrated when we, when we, you know, kind of remind them that you know there's other people, other minorities, uh, we're females in this industry, and we're equal to them, and we know basically as much or sometimes more, sometimes less, like everybody. Uh, and they get pretty stuck into you know. Uh, their position and, 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 and the fact that they do things this way and they, they, they want to manage this way and that way. And I find that they're not very supportive as we go along. Uh, and for instance, when we see women or even I experienced myself uh, that I come back to it and I, I go to them and I say, okay, this is not working. We're just troublemakers and, and you know, just women. Uh, saying that things are negative, uh, not working. And yeah, they don't take the time. So I think it's also about them changing their mindset and starting to learn how to deal with that themselves. Uh, yeah, of course, it's, it's, it's pretty man-driven, but 
we're equal and, and, and we know as much as them and we went to school and, and we did all we had to do and then we prove that we, we can do it as well as they do. And of course, in a very different way, probably not their way, but our own way, but it works too. So yeah, I think they're still they're stuck in their men caves sometimes. And, and even if we communicate and all that, I have very, I've seen very, with a very strong women uh, get into a position where, you know, they can speak their minds and, and get things going or uh, women that they don't, it's still like, yeah, they, they, they don't talk, they don't speak and they just go with it. And, and men don't change. And I think the first change will be there on their side also, other than us doing all that work, they have to do their work themselves. You know, you have to start by yourself and then you can communicate all that we talked about. And I still see it today. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you're right. It's not as if it's getting better quickly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it is not only in the gaming industry. I mean, it's uh, tech in, in general. And if you move to, uh, I mean, the questions that I'm battling with as well when it comes to raising capital. I mean, in Sweden, 1% of females get this capital today in tech. I mean, that's an appalling number. Yeah. <laughs> but... At the same time, yeah, I, I totally get that a strong female will be perceived as a troublemaker rather than someone who is uh, uh, proactive and professional. And uh, I mean, it's the the re the research is there. I mean, uh, how people uh, um, categorize female behavior and ma male behavior with how they express themselves. Uh, I mean, and, and, and that's something that is really hard to overcome. Um, yes, we need to continue as females to speak our piece, uh, make sure that there are role models and push our way into the boardroom or the investors or whatever it is. And it's tough, but we need to do it. And I know that men aren't just going to change by default because we're there, but at some point we have to raise the questions and be there and, you know, not give up. Uh, because if we do give up, then, you know, we might as well just walk away and do our own. Of course, of course we can't give up, but yeah, it's sad to be at this, you know, in, in this 21st century to, you know, sometimes go way back in time and find ourselves, you know, fighting to, to do that. And in an industry that is pretty new, uh, because I do understand like we were in the kitchen where the, everything is pretty established and it's very old and, and, and it's a very old way of managing all that kind of stuff that we have to fight our way through because, you know, there's this ancient thing uh, going on. But in a new industry, it feels, and then sometimes you take it from people that are younger than you and you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to be more open, more, you know, you, you group with women doing, you know, whatever they need to do and very yeah. free and it feels really weird. Well, yeah, I know it's, it is a problem. And I mean, it ties into some of the other questions that I know are coming a little bit later in the podcast as well. I mean, I walked into an incubator uh, that is specifically for the gaming industry and there was not one single female there. Uh, and again, who wants to be the first female into an organization like that? And 
then I feel that, you know, it's a bit of a um, managerial issue. The manage management level has to be more open and how to get them to that point. Uh, I mean, what can you do? Research shows that uh, uh, boards and management teams that have a diverse um, mix is more profitable than if it's only male. I mean, this is really 100%. interesting. It's, uh, so, I mean, maybe we should just keep on plugging these statistics, you know? <laughs> and so, sometimes, yeah. you know, if it's profit, then maybe it's interesting to actually listen to it. You know, hit them with the facts. Uh, yeah, thing, uh, I, oh, sorry. Go for it, go for it. Uh, so one thing that we talked about that kind of opened my eyes a bit, but hopefully opened other people's eyes even more, is that we talked about unconscious bias. Um, and if anyone listening doesn't know what that is, it's basically unconsciously, you know, perhaps being a bit sexist in the way you communicate or, or interpreting your colleagues. Uh, and that really opened my eyes. I was like, maybe I don't need to use so many like happy emojis when I write to my colleagues, um, even if they might interpret me as being a bit passive aggressive or something. I'm like, no, I'm not going to fit into that frame. I'm going to try to break away from that and be more like the dudes in our industry or whatever you want to say. But yeah, if other people get more aware, hopefully they will start being more conscious about it, too. Unconscious bias is really interesting. I had to do a test. Um, I, I um, have an assignment where I help assess applications at Vinova for the uh, research grants. So we all had to do a test for, with, with the unconscious bias. And I personally think that I'm a very open-minded person and I'm very much aware of gender and minorities and, uh, and so on. And even then, you know, having that mindset and doing the test, I still had an unconscious bias towards that tech is male and arts and culture is more female. Not a lot, but a little bit. And it was really interesting, you know, you really have to think about how you express yourselves uh, in, in different contexts, because it's so easy to just slip into, you know, a jargon. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, Carol, sorry, Lisa, were you going to say something before I jumped in there? No, I think we can continue. I'll, I'll come to it later, I think. Okay, no problem. Um, so fantastic insights there, guys. Um, just moving on to the next question then. Um, Joanna, we're going to come to you next. All right. So my question is, uh, how do you think we can inspire women and minorities to join our industry? It's pretty much on the same topic, but I guess more, mm -hmm. yeah, <clears throat> recruit or just inspire. Yeah. So <laughs> I've obviously been working with this for a while, and um, I think that we're going to start when with with kids, of course. Um, or obviously, I think we need to start uh, at really uh, young ages, and um, I mean, this is a really complex issue that like. 
concerns everything from parenting to uh, how uh, people market or how companies market their, their products and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, but I mean, I believe a lot in, in giving equal opportunities and uh, we need to show girls that it's okay to be techie and uh, also be techie in, what should I say, like a feminine way because um, often even if you are into tech, um, for example playing games, it there are still like uh, feminine games and, and masculine games and I think that both of them have to be okay and we need to to encourage that and that is the way to start for me. Yeah I agree it has to start early. Um, the different um, possibilities where young girls can learn coding uh, through games and through different organizations, I think it's brilliant. Uh, the challenge is, of course, to ensure that they keep up the interest as they sort of move into adolescence and uh, adult and become adults and continue being interested in tech and coding and so on. But just to, uh, but it needs to start early. It really does, um, and also to. Uh, I mean, we've had uh, projects where we, as tech-interested females, go out to schools, uh, you know, in the sort of grades seven to nine, and just talk about what we do in tech to inspire young teenagers to maybe choose something techy. Um, is something that is really positive. And I've heard from females that are, have chosen a tech path that they have, the reason that they've done it is because that they have had a role model in their life that has been female and that has talked about tech in a positive way. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's hard now. Uh, I mean, for the last couple of years, there are so many reports about harassment in the gaming industry. And I mean, when you work with young women and you feel like, am I going to encourage them to go into this industry when people behave like that, this? It's like really, really hard, I think. Um, and uh, as Diana said, it's uh, sometimes a bit masculine on on the on the. Uh, Not sometimes, yeah. all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> uh, believe me, I, I'm in the in in the production side of things. So, um, I I like for instance today, I'm the only female uh, non-Swedish uh, director. Of the whole, so I mean, of the studio uh, on the production side, uh, and brave. I have, to, yeah, <laughs> and I have to deal with that. And since I got into the industry, I've seen many, many different things uh, in many different studios. I got a studio where the CEO, because we were not that many, where it was not a huge studio, but the CD, there were like two CEOs, and one was more technical, and then the other one was a little bit more artistic, and they kind of share the vision and, and, and the work. And when you get into it, I had a colleague who, he he was so homosexual and I am a woman and I was the only woman in there. And, 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 and we, in the meetings, we got stuff like, yeah, you know, very bad stuff. Uh, saying, you know, putting the accent of me being a woman. So all the cliches that you can 
imagine and him being homosexual and I don't think in in what we do me being a woman him homosexual is going to stop us from doing the job that we had to do uh we just you know we were two professionals in there nothing in there I had to you know and why put the accent on it I've seen uh, women women being molested. I've seen uh, uh, guys who have changed genre. And again, that was in the middle of all conversations. And the, the worst of it is like, okay, that could happen in, within a studio. Everybody comments and have opinions, but that went on and on with higher management. And that's what I think is, is, is really hard for diversity in the in the gaming industry. Even though it's a, it's a cool industry, is is we can do a lot of stuff. We learn a lot, and I still I'm still in there after all these years, because I really enjoy it. But it has this big downside of it that doesn't encourage. And now that everybody's talking, it is cool that now everybody is talking about what's going on in there. So women know that they can go to someone, that there's someone they can speak to when something happens to them, which was not the case when I started out. Uh, when I started out, you had to keep it for yourself and figure something out or get proof or, you know, and there was also like this kind of male friendship and knowing we didn't do and, you know, against you and, you know, we if you don't not we're not in the good graces of the people who were doing that kind of thing so uh, it had changed don't get me wrong but we're still not there yet and 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 and, and what we want is that what i would like for my for, for the generation that comes behind me you know for them to feel safe to be able to have somebody that believe in them and like they can go say hey i've been molested please do something i don't feel you know comfortable uh i've been mistreated uh in you know uh in a more um you know psychological way uh and i don't feel comfortable please help me go beyond that uh can you please take a look at it uh uh and also not be considered uh, as you're you know just a little bug uh you're nothing uh, we get the work that we need from you, but you just, you know, just put you to a side because each time you come with an issue, you just, you know, like uh, the one that bugs everybody. Uh, no, we we come, we have a different way to express ourselves. We do things different, okay, but just take it into account and just please take a look at it and be respected. Respect our, uh, us the way you guys respect yourself in between yourself i mean we we own that and uh and i think that i would like all the young women that come into that industry to feel safe in the industry whatever career they do whether they go into the art side tech side because finally i'm in animation but it's pretty technical too so we get to kind of work in in, in a lot of you know different disciplines and stuff and i think they need to be you know and have somebody that can tell them okay i do believe in you like men do uh, with themselves within you know their group, yeah. I put trust. I, I, you have the door open to evolve. You have the door open to you know do uh, change uh, you know careers if you want in the middle because we can be in the tech side and then they want to go into the art side, you know. And 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 we also listen to you and we trust you as 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 you know professional and also as a as a person and then if you don't feel comfortable you have somebody to go to and feel safe because that's what happens we don't feel safe right. and then therefore we got all these you know things going on oh, what am i going to do if i go to this 
this person is not going to believe me. This one is, you know, and it's, it, it is hard juggling all the way around. And you, all you want to do is do your job because you love it. And most of the time, most of the people, and we get into this industry because we like the industry. We like playing games. We like making games. And also because you want to feel safe and that you think that you can evolve into a career like anybody else. So I think it's, it's just to, you know, that's what I would like for, for young women to just to be able to go in and feel safe and, and, and show what they can do, you know. I, th I think that it's really amazing that there is finally open, I mean, there's finally come to light a couple of the big studios that have been really, really toxic um, and that it has been brought to light and that there, um, there are some repercussions. <laughs> I'd have to say, yeah. even if, even if, because it's hit them again on the bottom line, their shares dropped like a stone uh, with some companies when it's been brought to light that there's been a lot of harassment going on. Um, so uh, I think it's really good that it's coming to light. I think that it's a huge problem because again, it's man a management question and it's management that has to deal with it and it's management that has to create this safe space. And uh, um, Johanna, you, were men you mentioned early on that you have a quite diverse team in your company. It'd be really interesting to know more about how you've, what, what how you have done it. Um, I guess I'm not perhaps the correct person to, to talk about that since I don't work with like hiring or HR or anything like that. But just from my personal point of view, I feel like it's, you know, Resolution Games is a very welcoming company and we talk about diversity. Uh, we encourage people to be themselves. And I feel like at least, you know, from my personal experience, everyone ex accepted for who they are. Um, and it creates an environment. To, I mean, people talk in our industry and, and if a lot of harassment is going on or, you know, if people are mistreating each other, people are going to find out, at least in Sweden, I believe in the our industry is pretty small. Um, so I think that's a big part of it, because when you ask somebody who works at Resolution, at least when I did before I started, people were very much about like you're able to be yourself. Um, I guess that's the best answer I can get. <laughs> no, but I think that's really, really important because if you have like a couple of people on your company that can vouch, uh, I mean, we know from when working with, with female legends that vouching is like extremely important. Um, like when we as an organization vouched for tournaments or for um, people or whatever activity, um, girls dare to go there or apply or, um, stuff like that so I mean I think that is of course one way to go um, and also like I'm not sure about resolution uh, but probably you've also been very good at communicating uh, that you are an inclusive uh, workspace and I think that that is also so so important if we want more women in the industry to show the role models and 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 the the examples and also kind of I think that we need to also teach women uh, that are like in tech or in um, in the gaming educations that 
they are wanted because I mean in my company now we're recruiting a lot of people and we really really want women to apply at goals because I mean uh, we feel that I mean we're making a football game we don't want it to be like a dude bro studio we want it to be to be inclusive and diverse and that everyone is going to feel feel welcome and and uh, uh, I mean I think that is the case in a lot of studios nowadays and uh, that that like women are I mean, we, we really want women in our, our, our companies and uh, we just don't get them to apply. And uh, we need to also like, yeah, as I said, teach teach uh, young women uh, at the educations that apply for the job anyways, even if you don't tick all the boxes, uh, because guys do, but, but not women. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, let's change direction ever so slightly. Uh, Deborah, have you got your question there? Mm, yeah, uh, it's a little bit on the sort of same where we were at before with uh, you, uh, Johanna, and Resolution Games. Um, I used to um, run a company that wasn't in the gaming industry, but in the animation industry. And we had a, a really diverse team, both in age, gender and nationalities. And uh, it, uh, it wasn't a big company, we were 15 people, I think we were 17 when we were as the most. And it wasn't without friction because of all of these different nationalities. Uh, and uh, we had to work really, really hard to get some sort of cohesive team uh, with not uh, minor blow-ups uh, daily. Um, but I was just wondering, have you got any thoughts on how would you organize a team that's really diverse both in gender and nationality uh, because it is a challenge any thoughts I, I have one thought um because sometimes i mean we have people from all over the world uh, at our company i feel like communication is super important uh just like in the lunchroom or wherever there might be you know cultural um, things that don't really land the way you thought it would or things like that and I feel like just being really open in how you talk to each other has helped me at least um, and I think rarely people mean ill or like they don't they don't oftentimes intentionally try to be mean or you know um, make things uncomfortable so I think it's important to just talk about it and be like oh I interpreted it this way um is that what you meant or or things like that i don't think that's ever like that's not going to solve all of the problems but it's a good start i think it's a two and i i mean i come from academia and um i think we never kind of discussed those these things because it was just so obvious that people come from all over the world and has different backgrounds and, and stuff like that because I think that the most important is like uh, the common goal if you have a common goal that you want to reach and you get everyone on board and that is of course uh, making everyone feel included uh, in in the journey to the goal then I think you have come a long way yeah and also maybe um, showing um how each person contributes to reach the goal so that they feel part of it. Um, mm. 
Okay. I don't know. I am. <laughs> I'm in that situation. <laughs> I'm not in my country. <laughs> I come from another country. Uh, we're way, way. I'm the opposite of what uh, I would say Swedish, without putting too much of a thing in it, uh, will be. Um, uh, and then I got people like that also in the in the. And then I got only within my team. I have very different nationalities and a knife. I've seen that, you know, um, first of all, acceptance is, is, is one of the things that we, we had to learn uh, to accept the other one the way they are. Um, it's not all the studios that accept you the way you are. They say, they, they, they tell you you're the best and all that because they want you to fulfill uh, a position. But then when they get to know you, it's a very different thing. And, and then probably you don't fit their deal or you don't, Act the way there's a you know they want it in a sense. Uh, so acceptance is is a good start, I will say, because you just have to deal with the people the way they are. They're not going to change that much. You can ask them not to do this or that because you know you communicate them what you like you don't like, but but you have to accept that they're very different from you, uh, that they have a, a very different way of seeing stuff and, 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 and saying stuff probably, uh, that not everything is normalized because they come from different cultures and, and, and different countries and they have different understanding of things. So again, openness is, is, is one of the things that you have to deal with and then, you know, not take it on everything on first degree, but just like you said, uh, Joanna, um, is, 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 is yeah it's about communication and accepting what the other one says and and and, and yeah and as a and the difference accepting accepting everybody's difference um it's not easy because sometimes you know we do not agree at all we don't like the way they act um it happens to me also because you know i there's things that what is he you know it's weird to me and I had to learn. Um, I had to learn to deal with that and say, okay, this is probably not against me. I have to take a little bit of distance and and try to to read it in a different way because he comes from another country and I probably don't understand, you know, that their reaction is this way or this other way. So um, I try to, you know, come back to them and say, hey, uh, do you really mean this? Uh, you know, so I don't read it the wrong way because. Um, I've learned that all the, the shouting and not getting along is because you don't communicate well and you misread what people tell you, what you mm. and you don't understand correctly the things. And once we got something a bit unified and we have that discommunication ongoing, saying that we can say to to somebody else, "Hey, uh, I think I understood this. Is this what you meant?" Uh, things will calm down, you know, and then we start getting along because we start, it's like living with somebody, right? You, at first you, you, you turn up, find your way to it. And then after a while, you see that he has this way, he does, or she does this way. And then you get to know the person and then you start accepting and, and, and talking. And of course you disagree and you agree like everybody, but yeah, acceptance is, is I think is a way, a way to go in and not, getting everything in the first degree, just taking a step back and say, okay, uh, they don't work the same way as I do. Um, and I mean, in, in the middle of that, because I have that every single day and sometimes I really have hard times, you know, like for instance, um, when I, I my, my, my manager says something to me and I'm like, 
does he really means that? Uh, I don't get it at first because, yeah, he does it his way, his home, this is his his country and all that. And I'm like, and I'm the totally opposite. I'm fire. I come from South America, so you know we're very uh, and 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 yeah. I have to you know most of the time me study the take a step back and say okay hold on hold on this is probably not what he's saying what I understood at first. So yeah. I think it, that is one of the things that you probably have to, and then find a common language. We all find it uh, at the end, even though we, we disagree. Okay, brilliant. Uh, so last but not least, Diana, we're going back to you for your question. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> this ties in into what we talked um, at first and then mm -hmm. all that we have been talking to, but it's, um, like I, I, I told you before, there's a, this, this, this kind of thing in the industry when you come in as a minority or a woman or, you know, somebody different than the male uh, uh, positioning and all that kind of stuff. And you want to, you know, just do your thing and, and, and go up in, in, in the industry and start getting into higher positions and all that. And then you find out that that is... Uh, that is, it's not possible. Most of the the male uh, managers don't allow you to, uh, for many different reasons, and uh, and they don't really understand that you know having all these multicultural people, uh, genres, and, and minorities all mixed together. That is what makes the, the this richness, and then that they need to allow these people to also evolve to show that you know they have an open door. So how are you? In this, in this case, other than just telling, you know, showing the guys you manage to do it, how will you do it to you, you people that manage you to make them understand that, you know, they need to also allow you to, you know, and allow the young ones to go up and fulfill the path. Hmm. Tricky question, right? <laughs> it is a tricky question because at the same time, I mean, it sounds like uh, the management is has a very cemented view on things. And uh, to be quite frank, it sounds really, really old fashioned. And who the hell would want to work in a company like that? Uh, I think that, uh, you know, companies like that will be dinosaurs. Uh, they won't evolve uh, over time. I mean, uh, I, I really believe that uh, with the openness and how people are moving around and how people, you know, societies are getting more and more multicultural. People are trying to take their place, uh, the minorities and different genders. And I really think that, uh, you know, if you don't move with the times, then you are going to be obsolete over time. Maybe they don't see it in their careers. But, you know, one day there are going to be other companies that have the open door policy and like resolution games that have a, a um, environment which is friendly for different uh, genders and minorities and whatnots. And, you know, people will rather work in companies like that. And I think that, uh, you know, if you want creative you're going to have to have a spark and a spark will only be achieved through friction and you don't get friction if you have everything on the same so you know it's uh it's when there are differences when magic happens and sooner or later 
it's going to affect product, it's going to affect uh, profitability, it's going to affect how people view the companies. It won't happen tomorrow, but it will happen over time. I mean, I wouldn't want to work at a company like that. Absolutely not. No, I think that no one wants to work there. And I mean, the results are also talking for themselves. I mean, we know that companies that are more diverse uh, make greater profit. So, I mean, if you look at it from a financial position, then you would want to uh, to get a diverse group of people working there. Because as, as Deborah says, uh, we, we are also going to improve our product when we get people thinking differently. I don't know if I'm on the right track here, but as, as a millennial myself, I view the next Gen Z, I, I view them as like being even more, more open than we are and even more inclusive than we are. Yeah. And I hope that I'm right in this. Uh, and hopefully that means that they're also going to expect their workplaces to be more that way. So I'm hopeful for the future. Um, I hope that I'm right in doing so, but I'm gonna keep keep hoping. I think we all need to keep hoping. I don't think we're in this industry and all the troubles that we went through if we didn't have that little spark of hope. It's really interesting though, because I mean, it's the business is so highly competitive when it comes to finding resource as, as in talented developers and yeah. uh, artists. And at some point, there are going to, uh, you know, be companies that are uh, exciting and vibrant workplaces to work for. And then, you know, people will will sort of gravitate towards those companies. And the ones that can't keep up with the times and insist on being, you know, in their normal square box, it's going to be a problem for them because people will not want to work there and as you say Ioana I mean Gen Z they have a very strong opinion and they they are not afraid to voice their opinion and it's great I expect to have a, a really tough time as we expand in from base with lots of views <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to it Okay, brilliant. Uh, so thank you everybody and I think we'll leave it there. So this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank the participants, Deborah, Lisa, Joanna and Diana for providing their insight into this fascinating topic. And thanks everybody for listening. Uh, if you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at jordan.lound at evolution-nordics.com and we will see you next time.